This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. On today's show, we're going to continue our talk started last week with Dr. Ivan Schwab about his fascinating book, Evolution's Witness, How Eyes Evolved. And in our third segment, we'll be joined by Joe Barr from Capital Public Radio to talk about the passing of the late, great Mike Wallace. You know Mike Wallace as the, uh, the soul of 60 Minutes, but he was also a game show host, an actor, a media personality, and a pitch man. By way of follow-up with our talk with uh, Franz Kassing about uh, the late Rex Babin, we would like to announce on today's show that there will be a memorial for Rex Babin. The public is invited to join family, friends, and colleagues from 2 to 4 p.m. on April 15th at the Constitutional Wall Courtyard between the California Museum and Secretary of State's office at 1020 O Street in Sacramento. As Franz mentioned, the Bee has set up a fund for Sebastian, Rex's son, and apparently donations can be made at the event or directly to the Sebastian Babin Educational Fund, evidently at, at any Bank of America branch. We also know there'll be an upcoming mobile food fest in Sacramento on April 21st, where 27 vendors and trucks will attempt to make it the largest celebration of mobile food so far in Sacramento. We hope to be talking about that on next week's show. But without further ado, let us commence the program as we like to do with On This Date in History. Our date today is the 12th of April. It was on April 12th in 1633 that astronomer Galileo Galilei went on trial for heresy for promoting the belief that the Earth revolves around the Sun. He was convicted and spent the rest of his life under house arrest. Somewhat to its credit, the Catholic Church did eventually admit its error. I believe that was in 1992. It was, after all, pretty well established by then that the Earth really does go around the Sun. On this date in 1945, Franklin D. Roosevelt, the longest-serving president in American history, died of a cerebral hemorrhage. He was just three months into his fourth term. Ten years later on this date, March 12, 1955, scientists announced successful results from field testing of the Salk polio vaccine. On April 12, in 1961, Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Alexeyevich Gagarin made the first successful manned spaceflight. During his flight aboard the Voshtok-1 spacecraft, the 27-year-old test pilot also became the first man to orbit the Earth. And the story goes, although we can't vouch for it, that after Gagarin landed somewhere in Siberia and extracted himself from his space capsule, he came across some peasants who asked where he'd come from, and he said space. They apparently assumed he was an extraterrestrial. And although it didn't take place exactly on April 12th, you might have noticed that 100 years ago this week, it was on April 14th in 1912, the Titanic sank. Of course, you may want to correct that. It sank for the first time in 1912, and unfortunately it's been sinking on movie screens over and over again ever since. We'll have more to say about that later. All right, our quote of the day comes from Oakland Mayor Jean Kwan, who, in the wake of the shooting deaths of seven people at a small college in her city, noted, this is America, where you can find a gun easier than you can find mental health counseling. We'll have more to say about the killings at Oikos University and the fact that on the same day, 
The federal authorities were raiding a pot dispensary in Oakland, which I think it's fair to say that uh, uh, American priorities may need to get reorganized a bit, at least the priorities of those who govern. Our quip of the day, and this is slightly altered, comes from Jay Leno, who said last week, The Supreme Court has ruled that anybody can be strip-searched for any kind of arrest. That's something to think about next time you don't pay your traffic fine. Our joke of the day comes from comedian Marty Allen, who once said, A study of economics usually reveals that the best time to buy anything was last year. Our stat of the day comes from the Washington Post, which notes that American exports to China have increased 464% since 2001 and are up nearly 50% since 2008. The rise is attributed to the growing Chinese middle class, with the biggest U.S. export to the country being food, particularly soybeans, snack foods, pork, and dairy products. And no, we don't know why a nation of lactose-intolerant individuals is buying dairy products. We'll have to look into that one. And we need to back into one comment that may be, quote, quip, or joke. Jimmy Fallon said last week, Yesterday, Ryan Seacrest finally made his highly publicized major announcement on the Today Show, revealing that he will take part in NBC's coverage of the London Olympics. The other thing he revealed? That he doesn't know what a major announcement is. Let's jump at this point into the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to The Week magazine, it was a good week this week for America's disgrace of a legal system, with the news that a California woman is suing McDonald's, claiming it's the burger chain's fault that she became a prostitute. Yes, Shelley Lynn alleges she became a sex worker because of the influence of her ex-husband, Keith Handley, who once hired her to work at his McDonald's franchise. Lynn said the company failed to conduct, quote, due diligence into the moral character of Henley when it sold franchises to him, unquote. No word about how Ms. Lynn feels about her own exercising of due diligence before she married him. And you know, that is a good point, Mr. McMillan. Before you marry anyone, it would be a good idea to do a thorough background search. Because if there's one thing our legal system does demonstrate, it is that an ounce of prevention can be worth a pound of cure. But moving right along, it was a bad week last week for the myth of student-athletes. After the University of Kentucky won the National Basketball Championship and its five starters, all freshmen and sophomores, indicated they'd quit college and file for the NBA draft. And lastly, it was an ugly week last week for bragging. After a car with a bumper sticker reading, Why am I the only person on the planet who knows how to drive? Collided with a guardrail on a New York City highway and flipped over. Reportedly, the drivers sustained non-life-threatening injuries, including a bruised ego. All right, we have some good news, which we like to cite in every program on the election front. First of all, over in Burma, also known as Myanmar... Nobel Peace Prize winner An Song Suu Kyi is now in the parliament after spending almost two decades as a political prisoner. Suu Kyi won a by-election this week in a historic vote that saw her party take most of the 45 seats that were up for grabs in the 664-seat parliament. 
This is described as the last step towards democracy by the ruling junta, which has run the country as a closed society for 50 years. And speaking of repressive regimes or potentially repressive regimes, we would note that uh, we won't be facing a Rick Santorum administration, apparently, because he withdrew from the Republican race this week. To which we would add, thank God. Of course, we do have to point out when expressing that opinion that it does not necessarily reflect those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. Whereas we learned last week, they actually do teach courses in history, despite what Mr. Santorum said. And from the news items we frankly can't resist, we have the following. Actor Adam West was enshrined on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Los Angeles this week. Which we would just say, holy deserved accolade, Batman. In this correspondence opinion, the Batman TV show had to be one of the great TV comedies of all time. And you know, somehow I feel confident in my bones that KDVS and our sponsors and the regions of the University of California would all agree with me on that one. We want to continue our discussion of Tim Dickinson's article in Rolling Stone on Obama's war on pot, but frankly, we don't have time today. We also don't have time to probe this question of pesticides causing colony collapse disorder in honeybees. A lot of folks are starting to think that uh, this is the main explanation beside, uh, behind this mysterious uh, affliction of our bees. We also don't have time to, to delve into those... Uh, Earth facts sent to us by listener Glenn. We'll get to that in next week or the week after. We do have some time, however, to comment on a crackpot theory being served up as to why the Titanic sank. This was originally sent to us by Jim, who forwarded us the article from Astronomy Magazine based on the shaky reasoning that an alignment of the sun and the earth caused there to be more icebergs in the path of the Titanic back in 1912, which hardly serves to fill the role of cause of why the ship went down. It is acknowledged that uh, that year, 1912, was an unusually bad one for icebergs in the North Atlantic. And although the reasoning is sound as to the fact that you would have more pronounced tides when the moon is particularly close during a full moon or new moon uh, a few months earlier in January. Well, it, it just, it just, let's just say we are skeptical. If we're going to probe the matter of causes as to why the supposedly unsinkable liner went down, we would direct your attention to something we talked about in this program several years back which was that the White Star line that built it did not follow the specifications of the engineers and used smaller rivets and thinner steel because the ship could then move faster and be more competitive in the market. Anyway, I'm fairly certain that 100 years from now, they'll still be arguing over <laughs> where the Titanic went down. And speaking of the Titanic, the director of the hit film, James Cameron, astonished the world a couple weeks back by diving to the deepest point in the Earth's oceans. What's astonishing to me is that he uh, evidently spent seven years designing and building a special submarine, outfitted it with lights and movie cameras, and descended like a vertical torpedo to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that the film director had some engineering help on this one, but I'm, I'm really amazed that... Um, 
they slapped together this ship and it worked. Back in 1960, in the only previous visit to the, uh, the Mariana Trench depths, the U.S. Navy sent a very uh, odd vessel down to the ocean depth, a bath escape. But I'm happy to note with, uh, with new concepts and new materials, uh, James Cameron was able to pull this off. My, my hat goes off to him. And final item for this segment, we would refer back to that Jay Leno joke and note that, well, it's based on the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled last week that people arrested for even minor offenses may be strip-searched before being admitted to jail. By a 5-4 to four vote, you know, you know who the 5 are and who the 4 are, the court rejected a challenge by a New Jersey man who was strip-searched after being mistakenly arrested for an unpaid fine. I had not followed the story, but Mr. McMillan notes that he apparently got strip-searched twice. His lawyers argued that such searches were unconstitutional unless police had reason to believe a suspect was carrying a weapon or drugs. But the conservative four plus local boy makes good swing vote, Justice Anthony Kennedy, said in his majority opinion that it's difficult for correctional officer officials to know who's dangerous among the 13 million prisoners they process each year as criminal records aren't always available at the time of intake. The court saw fit to cite the fact that Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh was initially arrested for driving without a license plate. Said Kennedy, people detained for minor offenses can turn out to be the most devious and dangerous criminals. Well now, you know, I didn't go to law school, but I would say it's rather more likely that people arrested for assault and murder would probably turn out to be the most devious and dangerous criminals. We'll have to consult with some of our legal eagles when we like to bring on this program from time to time to kick that one around, don't you think? And come to think of it, we may need to alert our favorite political commentator, Will Durst, uh, to say a few words about that particular issue. Let's take a short break. Listening to Radio Parallax, I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned for Dr. Ivan Schwab and our talk about vision. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? 